G'day, my name's Matt, uh, one of the student ministers here. Uh, we're going to be reading from, uh, so we're going to be preaching, so I'm going to be preaching from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 115. If you've closed your Bibles, please do open them up again. Uh, page 1802 of the church Bibles, or get it up on your phone. Make sure you have it in front of you. Uh, that'll be important. Before we get started, how about we pray? Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gift of your word. Please help me to be speaking clearly today. And open our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say to us. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so how are we as Christians today most in danger? Where do we run the risk of being led astray from God? Persecution from the government, maybe. Pressure from family and friends. The enticement of the sin in each of our hearts. These are genuine dangers. The Bible speaks about these that they are dangerous for us Christians. We need to be on our guard against them. But I wonder if there's another danger that might slip under the radar a little bit. A danger that, if unchecked, is just as deadly and can cause horrific damage to the eternal status of a Christian. Well, it's that danger that we see Paul addressing in our passage today. So as we've looked through the book of 2 Corinthians, uh, we've seen the Apostle Paul, uh, his heart for the church in Corinth, In the most recent chapter, he's been defending his ministry to the Corinthians. As we look at our passage today, we're going to see Paul contrast himself with the false teachers or super apostles that we've been hearing about. Uh, These people have risen up in the church of Corinth. And to do this contrasting, Paul says that he's going to have to be a little bit foolish. Now, Paul's not going to become nonsensical, uh, but he knows that what he's going to say will sound weak. And it will sound foolish to some people. Paul's going to be speaking a bit foolishly, but he wants the Corinthians to know that they need to listen to him. So take a look in your Bibles, verse 1. I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. Okay, so Paul starts by talking about his jealousy. And it's a godly jealousy for the Corinthians. Uh, Sometimes jealousy can be a bad thing. But here, it's really good and really right. See, jealousy is not wanting other people to have what rightfully belongs to you. Just like how a husband is jealous for his wife. A good husband, he doesn't want his wife going off with strange men. He's jealous for her. He wants her only for himself. That's actually a really good and right thing. It shows that he cares about his wife. He values her. See, if a husband, if he was fine with his wife going off with other blokes, he'd probably say that he didn't really care much for his wife, doesn't love her. In the Bible, we see that God is jealous for his people. God wants his people only for himself. And so Paul is saying that he feels a good and godly jealousy on God's behalf for the Corinthians. He knows that they belong only to God. And so he wants them to only be for God. So Paul says that it's his mission to present the Corinthians, the church, as a pure virgin to Christ. Paul wants the Corinthians to be devoted to their one true God, not to anyone else. Take a look at verse 2. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present, present you as a pure virgin to him. Well, in the same way, uh, Paul's godly jealousy for the Corinthians 
means that he doesn't want them going off after false teachers. See, Paul is afraid for the Corinthians. Because we humans have a track record of being scammed. We have a history of being deceived, a pattern of being led astray. And it all began in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. And Paul takes us back to that first lie that was ever told. Uh, when the deceiver, the serpent or Satan, led Eve astray. Did God really say, he said, you won't surely die? Paul's afraid that just like how Eve was deceived by the serpent, that the Corinthians are going to be led astray from the one true God. False teachers have snuck into the church and they're changing up the message a bit. They're preaching a different Jesus, which means that they're preaching a different gospel. But the problem is, instead of rejecting the deceivers, the Corinthians, are, well, they're happy to hear them out. They'll hear what they have to say. Take a look at verses 3 and 4. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Well, it seems that the Corinthians have started to listen to this false, these false teachers instead of listening to Paul. Uh, these new guys, they're pretty impressive. They speak clearly and well, uh, perhaps even better than the original apostles did. So I guess you could call them super apostles. Well, that might just be the name that they gave themselves. Uh, but Paul isn't intimidated. He wants to set the Corinthians' thinking straight. Uh, Paul wants the Corinthians to know that he is not second-rate by any means. Let's take a look at verse 5. I do not think I'm in the least inferior to those super apostles. Now, Paul is happy to admit he's not the best speaker in the world. But when it comes to speaking, Paul is less concerned with his delivery. He's not fussed with looking or sounding impressive. He's not concerned with the delivery, but he is concerned with the content He's concerned with the content of what he says. See, Paul has the knowledge of what is right and what is true. And he hasn't kept this message from the Corinthians. Paul proclaimed the true Jesus. He proclaimed the true gospel to them. Verse 6, I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. We've made this perfectly clear to you in every way. Well, Paul goes on to say that when he was with the Corinthians... He didn't charge them money for his preaching. They didn't pay him a cent. Other churches supplied what Paul needed instead. By contrast, these new super apostles, well, they've come into the church and they're being paid well by the Corinthians for their message. But it looks as though the Corinthians have started to think that the more expensive teacher is the better teacher. Now, in some ways, this does make sense for us. Generally speaking, you get what you pay for. Uh, over the last few years, uh, I reckon I've gone through about four different fridges. Uh, as soon as my old fridge died, I'd jump onto Gumtree and find the cheapest second-hand fridge that I could. It wouldn't take long, around 50 to 100 bucks. Uh, throw out the old fridge, in with the new, or the sort of new, I guess. Uh, but then, of course, within a couple of months, the new one would die as well. The vicious cycle would begin again. Uh, I got what I paid for. A cheap price meant a cheap product. A couple of years ago, it happened again, the old fridge died. 
uh, my wife and I, particularly my wife, uh, had a crazy idea. What if we didn't get the cheapest fridge we could? What if we actually invested a little bit more and got a fridge that wouldn't die on us in a couple of months? What a crazy idea. <laughs> well, that's what we did. Uh, we bought a new fridge, not a second-hand one. It was a bit more expensive, but we got what we paid for. And that fridge, two years later, is still running as strong as the day we bought it. Uh, so with the Corinthians, it seems as if they're running on a similar line of logic. Uh, when Paul was here, they think, well, he didn't charge for his gospel or his teaching. An inexpensive teacher must mean that his message isn't that valuable. Uh, on the other hand, we've got these new guys, and since they've turned up, well, they're super apostles. They charge top dollar for their message. Obviously, it must be more legitimate. You get what you pay for, after all. The Corinthians have been deceived into thinking that Paul is second rate. They've got the deluxe model apostles now. Paul premium. They think that they can move on from Paul to a fresh, new, exciting gospel. But the reason that Paul's writing this part of the letter is to set them straight. He needs to correct them. See, the reason that Paul preached the gospel for free wasn't because his gospel was somehow inferior. It's actually the complete opposite. He preached the gospel free of charge because of how valuable the gospel is. Paul wanted to make sure that nothing stood in the way of the Corinthians hearing the saving message of Jesus. To the point where Paul says it was even like he was robbing other churches so that they could serve, so that he could serve the Corinthian church. Now, see, Paul is dedicated to these guys hearing the true message of Jesus. He's motivated by his love for them which means he wants them to hear the truth. He's going to keep on opposing these false teachers who say otherwise. Take a look at verse 7 through to 12. Was it a sin for me to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel, to you free, gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by receiving support from them so as to serve you. And when I was with you and needed something, I was not a burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied what I needed. I've kept myself from being a burden to you in any way, and will continue to do so. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, nobody in the regions of Archaea will stop this boasting of mine. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. And I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with the things they boast about. All right, so, so far in our passage, we've seen that Paul is afraid for the Corinthians. They are going to be led astray. Paul has said that he's different from these super apostles and that his humility to the Corinthians doesn't mean his gospel is lesser. Well, in the last few verses of our passage, uh, Paul is going to pull the hood off of the super apostles. He's going to expose them to the world for who they really are. Uh, see, these super apostles want the Corinthians to trust them. They claim that they're equal if not even greater than Paul and the other apostles. They claim that they're sent from God to share his gospel to the world. On the outside, they look like apostles of Christ. In reality, it's all a charade. Verse 13, For such people, or the super apostles, are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. Paul doesn't stop there. He goes further. He twists the knife a bit to the point of even calling these guys servants of Satan, of the devil. It's a bit harsh. 
wonder what you think of when you hear that name, the devil. Uh, maybe like something like this guy who's coming up on the screen now. Uh, is this what you think of? Red guy, pointy horns, holding a pitchfork, black goatee, evil grin on his face. What about Satan's servants? Uh, maybe flying around on little bat wings, miniaturized Satan's. That's what our world thinks when it thinks of Satan and his servants. But, you know, if that's the reality, are you ever going to be led astray by that? Is there any danger of being taken in? If the devil and his servants really did look like that, no one's ever going to fall for them. No one's being led astray by that, and Paul would have no reason to be concerned. But Paul is concerned. Because he's very clear here that what Satan and his servants are really like. They're deceivers. They're winsome. They speak well. They look like nice guys. And so they lead people astray. Paul is fearful for the Corinthians because he knows that the deceiver, the devil, is very good at what he does. But at the same time, Paul knows that these false teachers, they're playing on the wrong team. They will go down in the end. They will be judged for their deception. They will be crushed just like their master was crushed. Their end is certain. Take a look at our last few verses, verses 13 to 15. Uh, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. That's as far as we're going today. What's this passage all about? Paul is afraid for the Corinthians that they're going to be led astray by false teachers. And so he's written to the Corinthians uh, so that they will realize that Paul has acted out of love for them and that to follow these super apostles would be to fall for Satan's lies. How do we apply a passage like this for us today? Uh, Well, similar to what we heard last week, this passage warns us to be careful about who we listen to. We have to be especially on guard when it's someone who's claiming to be teaching teaching us about God and his gospel. See, Christians today have a battle on two different fronts. But in the end, it's still the same enemy, humanity's oldest opponent, the devil. Sometimes the devil will tempt us explicitly to do things that we outright know are wrong. Satan will tell us to reject God, embrace the sinful desires of our hearts, And we do need to be on our guard against that kind of temptation. And we need to reject sin, put it to death, live holy lives through Jesus for God. But we need to remember that the devil is a deceiver. He's sneaky and he's crafty. And that he can also try to lead us astray in more subtle ways. But they're just as deadly. From today's passage, we've seen that Paul's big concern for the Corinthians was that they, they would be led astray by winsome false teachers. And that's actually just as much a danger for us as well. Now, this isn't some hypothetical out there, somebody else's church a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, we, get, we can't think that this would never happen to us because there's a genuine reality that's exactly what did happen here at Chatswood Presbyterian Church. Uh, in 1990, uh, Peter Cameron was the main supply church preacher during a kind of staff vacancy at the time. He was a nice guy, and he was well-liked. Despite that, in 1993, 
he was charged as a heretic, charged as a false teacher. The message that he taught was not in line with the true gospel. Like the Corinthians, we can be too easily impressed. Unless we're watching out, we can also be in danger of falling for an act, being led astray by a lie. So how can we be on our guard? How can we avoid being led astray by Satan? From today's passage, Paul has shown us three lessons. Firstly, we need to remember that looks can be deceiving. As you keep up your guard against false teaching that could lead you away from God, don't fall for a charade. Paul's warning is that false teachers, they don't come in sneaking on tiptoes. You know, they don't rub their malicious hands together, twirl their evil moustaches. They come in smiling. They come in with kind words. They seem impressive. They seem like experts. Like they know what they're talking about. They're well liked by their community, well respected by their peers. But if they preach a different gospel, well, looks can be deceiving. Under the mask, they're snakes, just like their master. See, we're not tempted to be led astray by nobodies. If a hardened criminal came up to you and gave you life advice, you'd hopefully happily ignore it. But when people are successful, we're a bit more interested. When they've got the right credentials, well, our ears prick open. When they smile widely, claim they have the answers, well, maybe they've got something to say. Maybe we should listen. The reality is that we listen to nice people, smart people, confident people. People who look like they know what they're, what they're talking about. And as you scroll through your social media feed, uh, it's full of beautiful, smart, smiling people who will tell you how to live. They'll tell you what it means to live a good life. They'll tell you what you should prioritise and how you should think about God. They'll tell you how you should spend your money and how you should spend your time. They'll tell you what to live for. They're very good at what they do. People listen and people follow. Of course, they're called influencers for a reason. But looks can be deceiving. Our passage today has warned us that we need to have a healthy scepticism. We need to look a bit further into who these people really are and see what's driving them from the inside. That's the second thing we can learn from our passage today. Uh, Paul tells us we need to be listening to godly people who genuinely love us and want what's good for us. Uh, See, now there's a difference between what's good for us and what we want for ourselves, what we want to hear. Uh, Paul shows his genuine love for the Corinthians by speaking the truth of the gospel to them, even when it's hard for them to hear, especially when it's hard for them to hear. Uh, Paul's priority was for the Corinthian church to know the the truth of the gospel. And so he loved them enough to rebuke them when they got it wrong. He loved them enough to challenge them from the pages of scripture. He loved them enough to sacrifice his own rights for their sake. That's why he didn't accept payment from the Corinthians. He didn't want to burden them. Paul wants to make sure that there was absolutely nothing preventing them from hearing the true gospel. as the most loving thing he could do. Throughout the rest of this letter, uh, week after week, we've seen how Paul shows his love for the Corinthian church. Uh, He tells them God's truth, even when it's hard for them to hear. Now, deceivers, on the other hand... Well, they tell you what you want to hear. Now, remember back to the Garden of Eden, uh, when the serpent, the devil, tempted Eve. Now, God knows 
that if you eat the fruit, you'll be like him. Did God really say you can't eat the fruit? The devil told Eve what she wanted to hear. When she saw the fruit looked good for food, desired to make one wise, she took it and ate it. Watch out for deceivers who don't have your best interest at heart. They'll tell you what you want to hear. Uh, They'll say, you can love the things of this world and still be a Christian. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. God is love. Would Would a loving God really send people to hell? That's what we want to hear. But it's the deceiver talking. Don't fall for it. See, teachers who genuinely love you and, wants, and want what's best for you will tell you the truth of the gospel. I'd like to say, since I've arrived here at Chatswood in January, I've seen the teachers doing an excellent job of this. Uh, they show genuine love by saying what the Bible says, even when it can be uncomfortable. My very first day here in January uh, was the week when Warren, one of our pastors, uh, gave the whole church a bit of a rebuke about getting into church on time so we can encourage each other in song. That was an excellent way to start at a new church. To see that the, pastor, the pastors here love their people enough to make them feel a bit uncomfortable. They're willing to correct them from the truth of Scripture. How awesome is that? As we look for teachers who genuinely love us, uh, we need to know that behaviour does matter. We should see their love shine through in their character. Uh, we should be listening to godly people who take God's word seriously, whose lives are models of godliness for us, just like how Paul modelled godliness for the Corinthians. Our leaders should be showing lives of good works. The Bible tells us in multiple places what our leaders should be like. God wants his people to be led by those who live well. It's helpful to acknowledge here that there's almost something of a paradox in this passage. See, on the one hand, Paul says, listen to people who show lives of good behaviour. Behaviour matters. Character matters. We should listen to those whose actions and behaviour show they love us. On the other hand, Paul says, there are pretenders. And pretenders, well, they pretend. They look like they love God. They look like they genuinely love us. Their lives look good from the outside. But the danger is real. That's why we need to be listening to our third and final lesson from today's passage. Uh, Unlike the Corinthians, we need to not put up with false teaching. Uh, Now, there's a time and a place for listening to a variety of opinions. Uh, You might say that winter is better than summer. Uh, You might say that durian tastes good. Uh, you'd be wrong, uh, but it doesn't matter. You can believe what you want on that. Uh, When it comes to the truth of the gospel, though, it's another story. When it comes to changes in the gospel, we as Christians need to have a zero-tolerance policy. Uh, See, our world doesn't like claims of absolute truth. But that's exactly what Jesus made when he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. It's a claim of absolute truth. People hated him for it. The Corinthians were in such a mess because, as Paul said, they put up with this false teaching easily enough. They put up with a different gospel. The Corinthians had the true gospel, and so do we. Truth matters. And that's why we want everyone here, week after week, to have their Bibles open during church. Check what the preacher is saying. Check what I'm saying, check what Jeff is saying, what Warren is saying, whatever anyone who stands up here is saying. None of us are above the word of Scripture. So check, is it in line with the truth? If someone comes up here and preaches a different gospel, 
Well, don't put up with it. No matter how nice they are, no matter how much community outreach they do, no matter matter how humble and genuine they seem, if they're not preaching the one true gospel, it's false. And false gospels simply can't save. The only way we're going to see that it's false is by being reminded of what is true. Keep your Bibles open and keep coming back to the truth that God has revealed. Be prepared to sniff it out when something smells off. Today we've seen a strong warning from Paul in the Bible. False teachers are real. They exist. So the danger is real. We need to remember that looks can be deceiving. Character matters. Our teachers need to genuinely care for us enough to tell us the truth of the gospel. And ultimately, if and when we do smell something that isn't in line with the truth, Don't put up with it. We need to hold to the truth of the gospel because it's only the one true gospel of Jesus that can save. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gospel. Thank you that you've shown us your truth in the Bible so we can know you through your son, Jesus. Please help us to be on our guard against false teaching. Help us to not be tricked by the devil and led astray from what is true. Keep us in your truth and give us wisdom and discernment to see what is false. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.